0: Today I'm joined by Sarah Sharaleki who is an interdisciplinary artist and is interested in creating work that is accessible for all and has written and produced multimedia shows that are dedicated to telling tales of the earth and of healing. Sarah is a holistic creativity coach and works with those who desire to reconnect to their authentic creativity. She currently serves as founder and executive director of Earth. Classically trained, a contemporary rebel at heart, Sarah is electrified by all things movement. She began her dance training at the age of four under the tutelage of Tony Carrion and Denise Donovan. She continued her training at the University of California, Irvine, where she holds degrees in dance performance and anthropology. Sarah currently lives in Massachusetts and has danced with companies including Serqua Rivera Dance Theatre, Hannah Brixton, Brixton and Dancers, and Coca Daco Dance Project. She has performed works by choreographers including, but not limited to, La Lubovich, Sherry Zunker, Christian Denise, Dante Puglio, Jose uh, Limon and David Maurice. She has presented works at festivals, including Nine to Wise Mobile Dance Film Festival and Contemporary Choreographic Dance Festival. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Um, Can you please tell us a little bit more about your background?
1: Sure, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm happy to be here. Um, I have a pretty, extensive artistic background. I grew up with um, a mother who is a musician. She's a classical clarinetist. So at a very young age, um, I began um, studying various forms of art. Um, But dance is what really stuck with me and um, movement um, and just sort of how everyone has access to the ability to move their bodies and um, the relationship of the body in regards to the earth is something that I've always been really interested in. So um, I went to school at UC Irvine for dance performance and anthropology. And there I studied, um, you know, dance as an art form and also art as a vehicle for transforming culture and society and communities. So that's something that um, I am extremely passionate about is art that um, builds an art that builds bridges and so I moved to Chicago after school and danced professionally there um, for about five years and as I was doing that the pandemic hit (laughs) and and that's when I sort of realized like I am really interested in um, dedicating my practice as um, a dancer but furthermore, as a multidisciplinary sorry—multidisciplinary artist to um, to creating art and providing accessibility to art that um, promotes healing. So that's sort of it in a nutshell. Um, dancer first, you know, h- human first, dancer second, artist third, I suppose. <laughs> so yeah. So you've
0: got um, a very interesting um, mix of interdisciplinary links, Sarah. Um, and I can see, you know, you've got this aspect of humanity um, as, uh, as as a thought, especially with your background and also studying anthropology. Um, so what inspired you um, or what was the inspiration for the Unearthed Art Festival?
1: Yeah, so um, it was... In 2020, that was when we held our first um, online multimedia art festival. I um, I was it was during the it was in the midst of the pandemic. I think everyone, including myself, was trying to figure out ways to sort of grapple with the um, like trauma that was occurring within and around oneself and. Um, what helped me the most was going on like hour-long walks with my dog you know sometimes up to three hours and just really connecting with all of the um, leaves on trees and um, just the sound of the birds and um, you know I was having this amazing like awakening to the life around me Um, and at the same time was grappling as an artist with the fact that I had no opportunities. Art was sort of at risk, you know, and continues to be at risk. Um, And just sort of witnessing and observing how the art community um, was sort of like, you know, playing victim, you know, our jobs are gone no one's able to create, you guys don't understand what it's like to be an artist right now, and I just got really fed up. <laughs> I was just getting really frustrated because I was watching this earth, you know, it's springtime, winter into spring into summer, um, regenerate itself and recognizing that this is such a mirror to what we could be as um, a field of artists. Um, so, That's when i decided there has to be a way to provide opportunity to um to art makers to creatives and that's sort of what inspired unearth as a whole um it started out um, it's a non-profit now but it started off as a festival and um, it was online in fall of 2020 we raised thousand dollars for um, a nonprofit organization that we ended up partnering with called Climate Resolve and they do um, on the ground work with communities who are most affected by climate change. Um, so it was sort of um, the result or the response of feeling inspired by um, life regenerating around me and also recognizing that so many people were suffering and struggling and how can we build a bridge between two worlds you know so yeah that's how it started and we're on our third year Um, we just finished our third year and um, it's a very different uh, we changed the platform from the first year which is a whole other story but it's been um, incredibly rewarding to be able to connect with art makers who who want to build that bridge
0: absolutely and you know some of the words that you uh, mentioned like awakening and the autumn you know the, like the leaves for example there's a huge connection um i think we see this process in nature as well you know when you've got this um caterpillar in a cocoon and it's in you know it's coming out of a cocoon there's a struggle there's a sort of a birth or a rebirthing experience and then comes out this beautiful butterfly and uh, the word uh, artist and struggle they're always synonymous um i don't think there's ever an artist who's successful who hasn't struggled or who has not come across any form of struggle so it's really interesting that you've got this links from humanity and the earth and sort of your own reflections, it's really refreshing to see, you know, that you kind of looked in and in the world around you and sort of in trying to create these opportunities for others and yourself, it's, you know, I can see that in the future, it will be snowballing. Um, So coming down to like a micro level, coming down to Sarah as a person, what eco-friendly habits are, are your um, you know daily practices?
1: Sure. This is a question that um, I've had to think long and hard about because, I mean, there are so many ways that one could answer this question. You could look at the tangible realm of things, of what I'm doing with my body and my relationship to the Earth. Um, I could start there, which is I. I was living in Chicago, and as I was awakening to the world around me, I was also grieving, um, having an understanding and grieving the fact that um, you know our planet is changing, and um, and life is going to change, and our species is going to have to to evolve um, or decline um, or go extinct and that's not just the case for us, that's the case for a lot of other species and all of this made me recognize that I have to be more connected to the land. Um, And so I left the city and I currently, I found my way through a series of events to uh, the countryside of Massachusetts. Um, where I currently live on a homestead, and I'm working um, within a small community. Um, it's the town of Orange to um, use my art practices and my skill sets um, to support people who are working on the land, who are trying to build community um, resiliency or bioregional resiliency. Um, I'm trying to share art with as many people as I possibly can. I teach dance um, to kids and they are really going through a lot right now. Um, Children are very aware of the hurt on this planet and no one is talking about it. So I think um, on a tangible level, it's being a support and being um, just a support to the Earth and a support to the, the Earth workers who know what they're doing, being a support to those who are native to the land and finding a way to be an ally to them because they have the knowledge. Um, It's a practice. (laughs) It's it's definitely a practice. I'm not perfect at it. Um, Not every day is easy, but learning how to be consistent and finding that consistency to, to be an ally every day to show up in that way. But something that um, feels most compelling to share is um, this um, sort of like personal mantra that I've come to to live by, which is to use my energy to build, not destroy. And recognizing that if I were to continue to ignore my own um, personal trauma, my own um you know, excuse the loud noise, but the old, my own, my own patterns of, um, you know, keeping myself small, my own blocks, um, the ways that I contribute to, um, the degeneration of the earth, um, I've had to really confront that and heal that within myself and, um, so I think that the most important thing that I can do for the earth and for life is to, my, my most important eco-friendly practice is to be committed to my daily healing and my daily evolution um, because that is what's bringing me back to my authentic capacity to create And that ability to create is what can serve as a catalyst um, to empowering others, to find that within themselves. And that I believe is what the earth needs, so.
0: So beautiful, Sarah. Um, You know, you've got such a beautiful way of looking at things. Um, When you talked about the daily consistency, when you talked about showing up, I think it relates to almost all of us and we all struggle you know um every day is not the same Uh, every day is different and just kind of overcoming those challenges and just ensuring that we're trying our best and yes we keep showing up i think that in its own way makes a huge impact and when you were talking about the trauma that the earth is experiencing i think personally it's like sticking um, a band-aid or a plaster on a huge wound, whereas we really need to heal, come together as humanity, as a community, and really heal. Um, Which leads me on to my next question, you know, why do you think we need more awareness and education um, about conservation in current times?
1: I think it all comes down to the fact that, like, consciously or subconsciously, We are mirroring what is happening to our planet. And the thing that I wanna clarify is I personally believe that the planet will continue. I, I think that it is hurting, but it is changing. The planet is changing. Our species is what's hurting. And our species is we are mirroring what is happening inside of ourselves. We're projecting that outwardly and that is just a mirror to what is happening in our societies um, and, and sort of on a global level. Um, and I think that people are beginning to sort of become more conscious of this through, you know, various injustices, whether it's personal injustice um, or um, sort of like on a cultural or societal level, Um, I think people are waking up. And I think that it is important for those who um, have already kind of processed, um, or as I like to say, grieved um, what is happening um, and sort of what we are facing as a species. Um, We have to be the pioneers um, who are willing to continue to talk about it because people are going to need those resources as they begin to move through the feelings and the experiences within themselves um, as they begin to understand what is happening. So I think um, I think it's just a matter, again, of consistency, you know, just um, as those who are having these conversations continuing to have these conversations so that there is accessibility for people who are searching for these conversations to feel like they have a place and that they are not alone. Um, It's the moment that people begin to feel like they are alone that um, they spiral you know and it's not their fault because we it's my belief that we live in in a society that doesn't um, have the tools to help people who, who spiral when they begin to awaken. So that's a pretty, um, <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty strong answer, an opinionated answer, you know, but that's just sort of where I've come to terms in my own understanding of what's happening inside of me. So,
0: And you're absolutely entitled to that. Um, Sarah, you know, and it's it's so important that we think deeply. I, sometimes I feel we go through these phases in society of shallow thinking, you know, uh, and anything that we really kind of need to think about it's kind of brushed aside because it's not socially accepted. You know, keep right. everything lighthearted. But if we continue to keep everything lighthearted, then where when are we going to discuss the serious issues and right. the bits that matter? And I'm so grateful for your insights. They're very valuable. Um, You know, you talked about us not being alone and we might feel at times we're alone, but we're interconnected, you know, through this loop of humanity. And I think we find each other as humans and we create bonds, which at times are everlasting. Um, You talked about, you know, this concept of injustice Uh, which historically has been cyclic, I would say, from what I've observed when we're talking about indigenous or native cultures and populations and their relationship with the earth and the environment uh, or when we're talking about practices. um, For example, Amazon rainforest is very close to my heart. I studied about it when I was 15 years old in my geography class and till this day it's just something that I feel very strongly about, um, and there's a lot of injustice happening in Amazonia. So I want to ask you, taking you know into account the modern perspectives that we have and the modern lifestyle, do you think there is space for traditional eco conservation practices in modern times?
1: I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I I think it depends on the context of that question. Um, If you're referring to um, traditional practices from like the indigenous sense, yes. Because I think that, um, you know, that is where we find, you know, everyone's indigenous nature um, and the understanding of those who came before us and their connection to the land that is wisdom you know and that is also the wisdom that comes from our body and um, our body is what heals and regenerates and so yes in that regard but also potentially no you know um, just thinking about systems um i don't think that systems is the root of of healing necessarily i don't i don't think we can map healing um or regeneration Um, that's a very broad statement but that's sort of what i believe i think it really starts with um coming back to the body and to me that is sort of like a traditional um system if you if you take it from the standpoint of like in, in indigenous um being so
0: and i and I think Sarah you know based on your experiences, based on your insights, it's a very interesting answer um because one size glove doesn't fit everything, does it? You Mm -hmm. Uh, times are changing we kind of just think about what fits in where and how effective or how appropriate it is Um, and it's it's very interesting and I'm so glad for your honesty I think it adds that authenticity um, and having these discussions in terms of moving forward and finding solutions for planet Earth so thank you for that Coming on to sort of the human side of things linked to the earth, how do you think society and the environment are interlinked?
1: I think that this comes down to to mirroring what's happening on a societal level. To me, I see decline. Um, I know the U.S. is 42-ish years into their decline. Um, And in terms of being a society and um, and uh, that to me directly correlates with what's happening to yeah. the way that we treat the land, you know, the way that we treat our people is not so different from the ways that we've, um, you know, taken from the land and taken from the people who are who are um, native to the land. Um, so I think it that's, that's the clearest answer I can give. I mean, I think you can we can go down roads of conversation with regard to um, different like fractions of society and um, the way that that reflects what's happening in the, on the earth, but that's my simple stated answer.
0: There's a lovely quote here, so it says, um, what we do to the forests of the world is just a mirror reflection of what we're doing to each other. Um, and absolutely you know whether we're logging or cutting down trees or other human beings there is a strong relationship and i think we don't identify it in words so much between how we treat nature and planet earth and our relationship with each other and the society that we sort of come together to build so what do you think
1: the future holds Um i'm trying to figure out how to answer that question because i think you know my brain has a tendency to um cycle through um and then to catastrophize which i think is like a normal occurrence for most human beings (laughs) um so like we could talk about it on a catastrophic level but i choose to have hope i think that um I don't know how far into the future, I just, I just think that we are going to have to um, let go of these constructs that we've built that are harming us uh, as a species, that are harming the species around us. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen in harmony. I think there's going to be a lot of um, chaos and continual uncertainty I'm not um you know I I the pandemic has been hard for everyone and I also think that with the planet's warming temperature there is going to be more disease um, because our earth can't support this anymore um but again like you know I've I have sat with and continue to practice sitting with sort of the catastrophe that could could be. Um, maybe not all at once, but that's just how I see it. And I and I'm choosing actively to practice hope and to practice building resilience within myself and within my my greater community. And um, I think that more people are going to wake up and they're going to recognize that they can use their gifts to, to help the world. And that's where Unearth tries to be of support to people's creative capacity and amplifying that to, to build bridges. Um, and I think really it, it's going to happen on, a, on an individual level first, then on a community level, and then on a bioregional level, and hopefully on a global level. So I choose to believe in the good, I choose to believe in the evolution of our species, regardless of what feels like, like pain being bounced off of ourselves at all times, especially at least in American society, you can walk around and people are just not happy. And it's a real thing, you know, so. How do I choose to use every moment now to um, build to build that for the future So that's I can't I can't tell you what the future holds but that's what I choose to believe so yeah. that's very
0: interesting sir and I absolutely agree I think there are pockets of hope uh, but we kind of really have need to have a real thorough evaluation of society. What does the future hold for you, Sarah?
1: Ah, well, that I'm <laughs> that I'm also not completely sure of. I mean, I'm currently working in building Unearth, you know, trying to find ways to connect with more artists who are creating regenerative work, um, trying to connect to those who want to um, Find ways to use the body to to heal and to move past their own blocks. So I'm really dedicated to my practice in doing all of those things in um, sort of pulling out the creative capacity in people. Um, but I'm really also very dedicated to allowing the earth to to call me to where I need to be and um, and. Um, and to my healing you know to just continually showing up every day um, for myself and for the greater good of life around me so um, who knows where I'll be (laughs) I don't know tangibly where I'll be but that's what I have sitting in my heart so